Shirley, great, great voice. But can you, can you, be, can you be more of a dumb girl? Be, please be more dumb. <laughs> Between obscurity and fame, it's in between us with Liam and John. A bi-weekly podcast about the oddities in the world of animation. Are they good or are they bad? How weird is too weird and is there such a thing? Are we talking about the movies or the hosts? <laughs> Who's to know? This week's episode is Heavy Metal. Welcome to another episode of In Betweeners with Liam and John. I'm John. I'm Liam. Thanks for coming back, guys. So, uh, the movie we're going to be doing for you guys today is Heavy Metal. Heavy Metal. Heavy Metal. Yeah, so this movie... It's a doozy. It really is, in a lot of ways. Yes. Yeah, so <laughs> let's get right into it. So, John, can you give us a background on um, uh, specifics of this film? Sure. This movie came out in 1981, and it really feels like it. Mm-hmm. Uh, the budget is $9.3 million. Box office was $20.1 million. That's surprisingly high. Yes. And I also feel like the budget is also surprisingly high for the yeah, time. Yeah, I agree. Because it's mostly rotoscoping and cell animation, mm. which is kind of... I find baffling if they saved so much money on rotoscoping that the movie was that expensive. But then again, maybe rotoscoping was so new that it like it took it a lot a of time. It was a new technology. It yeah, to, that know, may be true. Back in the time when a desk computer was like freaking huge. <laughs> the Rotten t- uh, Tomato meter is 57%, which yeah, is just 3% like- underneath fresh. So just missed fresh. Yeah, that's unbelievable. I, I don't understand. Anyway. Yeah. I don't understand. I've never seen it before. Liam had never seen it before. There are four production companies, Columbia Production Corporation, Guardian Trust Corporation, Canadian Film Development Corporation, Famous Players, and there's 10 directors. And the thing about this movie is it's a collection of small individual stories, which was based on Heavy Metal was a magazine in the 70s, and they loved it so much, and it was very subversive. It kind of like that Robert Crumb type of idea, Harvey Picard, but not those famous guys, but different. And it was subversive. And, and jaded and they wanted to, to take those stories and then make them into an animated film and this is very R-rated this is very oh, adult very, very almost basically NC-17 yes I, I would recommend no one younger than 17 actually watch this movie I think that's very yeah. very appropriate yeah yeah I think so too should I, people watch this movie oh man should people watch this movie I feel like <laughs> I'm probably going to be in the minority here okay. but I feel like if you are this is one of the few times where I'm going to be like, you know, I feel like if you're a preteen, this movie was made for you. Oh, like a preteen for stoner. the humor. Yeah. Yeah. This this humor, the way that the movie is constructed, it's just designed <laughs> for, for wait, preteens. For preteen stoners? Yes, for preteen stoners. That is literally, I think, the demographic for this film. If, if you um, have very especially little, if you were born in the '80s and yeah. you're still 13, and you have very little parental supervision, and you're able to get your hand on some uh, marijuana, yeah, absolutely. Or if you just like again, like maybe you're from the '80s and you just time travel to now, and you want some nostalgia, you want to go back to the past. This movie is for you. It it also comes with all the sexism and racism that is part and parcel. 
so, with the time period? So off of that, because it's such a time capsule, it's it's a movie of its time. It's a movie of its humor of that time. It'd be sort of unfair to really compare it to today's standards. Yeah. So for the most part, and it'd be really boring for us to keep talking about, oh, this is lame, this is sexist and stuff like that. So we're going to try to, at a minimum, focus our attention. We're going to try to only to fire or to use or throw a dart into the board, being able to use just once per person, talking about racism or talking about how it was a sexist movie. Yeah, and I mean, ultimately, like, the real problem in this movie is how sexist it is. Yes, that's a big problem. But, I mean, you know, like, heavy metal very much feels like it's probably designed for, again, prepubescent to pubescent to maybe slightly post-pubescent teenage boys who haven't had a first sexual experience yet. And so this movie is just perfect for their wheelhouse because it just fulfills all of their greatest fantasies right. in the 80s. I am a kid from the 80s, so there a lot of this was like, oh, I remember this feeling. I remember exactly how people thought that New York was and stuff like that. Or, yeah, yeah, yeah. Or that type of stuff or, or drugs or humor and stuff like that. So it's, for me, it was like, oh, yeah, I remember this time, this feeling. Yeah, right. Well, I mean, you know, and I mean, like me being a 90s kid, the fact is like, there are definitely aspects of that that I think are timeless, you know? Like, the fact that people, like, kids always want to know what drugs is like and <laughs> want to know what actual areolas look like on a woman. Oh, like, those are very, very, those are timeless themes for a young adolescent male, you know? Yeah, this was definitely packaged for boys. Yes, for very young, idiotic boys who, who have never even like thought about how it is to interact with a woman yeah basically all right so let's get right into it <laughs> you ready yeah well before uh, there's a couple of ways you can watch this movie if oh, you right. choose to watch it you can i rented it on youtube for three dollars uh, so that you can do that or you can probably find it illegally yeah illegally pretty easy to find illegally i honestly wouldn't spend the money on it to be honest <laughs> no it's not worth it not um, worth it at all great so let's get right into it so john what do you think, like, the type of weird this movie is? I think you probably said it best. It is 13-year-old boy who really wants to watch a scrambled porn channel oh, for, for, yeah. in their basement. It's after, it's, after, it's after midnight. Your parents are in the bed. You sc- oh, yeah. snuck down to the basement. You Lit t- a couple candles. You turned on, you know, the, the, the 900 channels. They're all scrambled. And Got then there's that one time... Out. And they turn it on, they're just And all of a sudden you see a boob. Ooh, there's a boob. And then all of a sudden it scrambles again. And then it goes into something else. And then all of a sudden you see a dick. And you're like, oh shit. It's perfect. <laughs> it's still got, that, that blanket's still got a couple cum stains on it. Stop it. All right. Okay, so, uh, yeah, I, I mean, I think of it as like, yeah, I think it's prepubescent, D&D obsessed, young dudes who still haven't developed an ability to, one, communicate with the opposite sex, but two, more importantly, developed any sort of discerning taste or aptitude for any type of consumption of storytelling or media. Yeah. Which is a huge swath of the population. So yeah. I'm not surprised that it did that well, to yeah, be honest. Yeah, it's true. I will say <coughs> that, so there was 10 directors, each of these segments had its own director had its mm. own team and they pieced it together and they put a framing device over it where it's this green orb that apparently is the personification embodiment evil. of evil that 
is just going around doing evil, and that's why there's evil in the world. And it's basically telling the story to this trapped girl for no apparent reason. I need to tell you these stories about my life as an orb, and here are the stories. And each segment has its own yeah. animation style that's going on. Yeah, it's unbelievable because it's like, that orb was the stupidest orb ever because it was a sentient orb that mm-hmm. was trying to tell her why it would kill her. Yeah. Like why it would destroy her. Right. And then it ended up getting destroyed because it took it was, took too fucking long to say what it was going to say. I think it got destroyed because it told that last story. I think if it had chosen not to tell the last story, it wouldn't <laughs> have gotten destroyed. Oh my God. <laughs> Its own hubris got the best of it. Yeah, I need to tell you the story, and then oh wait, and then you're then you because you're the chosen, you're the slayer, and you were the in your past life you slayed me. Oh no, I'm dead. Or I don't even think that it was that it was a past life. I think that she's supposed to become that woman in the, the tar- last story. The Tarakian one. Yes, I feel like I think it's just the timelines are unbelievably convoluted, right? And don't make any sense, but they were perfect. They led into each other by a line that made that no was, sense. That literally it was a frayed line that tried so hard to connect in places, but it was like it was like a kid who was trying to play with a line and trying to make it straight. But I mean they're children, so they can't make a straight line. Yeah. So they just keep moving it in ways that keep warping it to do weird shit that nobody gets. I had very low expectations for this movie going in, but then the opening kind of made me a little bit hopeful that this is going to be a fun, bad movie. Yeah, right. So we got the, we're in space, we get this narration from this orb, and then they got the space shuttle, right? Right, you know, which is kind of crazy because, like, I don't think the space shuttle program was actually that old by the time this movie came no. out. It, it, there's some great dramatic music going on. I'm like, oh, is this kind of like it's reminding me of Star Wars, you know? And then, a Corvette comes out of the payload, and then music transforms immediately to heavy metal music, which is yeah. pretty great. Yeah, and yeah. then there's a, there's a Corvette with an astronaut driving it, mm-hmm. and he's driving it back to Earth. Yep, driving it into this into the atmosphere. And there's a, be- a, a, a beat <coughs> when, it's, when it's entering the atmosphere, and uh, the windshield is getting really foggy, and he uses his windshield wipers to, like, <coughs> so you can see. Just twice. Yeah, just twice. Just needs it twice. I, I'm like, oh, this is this has got some cool humor humor into it because yeah. i know that like a bunch of canadian actors that we know like john candy and eugene levy were, sure. were used as the voice actor so i'm like oh cool maybe this is going to be a bad funny movie mm-hmm. but it was not no it so also i want to go back really quick because that that quote that the movie starts with mm-hmm. that's just like a weird half quote it wasn't even a full quote it was just like it was like the second half of a sentence do you remember it no, I don't remember it at all because it was so not memorable. But it was like, it literally sounded like the second half of a sentence. And I was like, okay, what? Like, where's the first half? What are we talking about? I'm really lost. So that was really fun to start off the entire movie. And then, yeah, the thing is, I it was amazing. Like, so the car enters the stratosphere and then... <laughs> It hits the ground. And then deploys the parachute. And then the parachute deploys. <laughs> and then he immediately detaches it. Yeah. He not only deploys the parachute, but then he detaches it, it and drives off. Drives off. And he's driving through the countryside, dr- down a road of corn, super fast, comes to this farmhouse. By the way, I see that I see that, that, that parachute come out, and I'm like, this is hilarious. This movie knows what it's doing. Yeah. This is great. I'm like, already we had the windshield wiper a bit. We had the parachute bit. Mm. This is going to be cool. I love it's gonna it. It's going to be great, yeah. Guy comes out. It's kind of an older astronaut. He comes in with a briefcase. 
His his daughter comes down the stairs. Thanks, Daddy. I got a gift for you. Cool. It opens it up. It's the orb, and it immediately melts the astronaut, and then starts terrorizing the girl, and covers the entire area in a, a green cloak. Another thing about this is that the astronaut. It's not even mentioned at all in the movie, but when we look up the information online, his name is Grimaldi. What? Grimaldi. What type of name is that? It sounds, he literally sounds like a, a character from Dungeons and Dragons. Yes. He sounds like the guy who is the wizard who has like the grimoire or some sh- Ooh, I'm so glad I remembered that word. <laughs> grimoire. Yeah, he sounds like the dude who holds the grimoire. Grimwaldi. It, so- it sounds like the old Italian master that, you know, <laughs> alias... The TV show is talking about, oh, it's the Grimaldi yeah. machine that will tell us the future and clone people. Yeah, right. It sounds like a, it sounds like a, a type of violin. Like, it sounds like a, a, a violin maker. Oh, you've the got Grimaldis. a Grimaldi. Oh, woo. Ooh, nice. How much was that? I tell you what, it was I have a Strad. A I have a Grimaldi. <laughs> exactly. So, like, it's the best. I mean, the fact is this, this movie, this movie... With these names are yeah. unbelievable. So. And I felt like the the style of animation in this one was like Don Bluth esque because the, the the fear the lo- the look of fear on the girl's face that was cast in green beca- while the orb was talking oh to her. Oh my god, that face! That's all she did. <laughs> the face of like, <laughs> I'm like the- she could, I thought she was gonna melt. <laughs> Literally, because her face looked like it was melting. Yes, it looked like candle melting. It was she was candle unbe- melting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was unbelievable. It literally looked like her face was kind of just like slowly drooping off oh, of her God. skull. It was, it was one of those like grimace faces that only really exists when something is like horribly, horribly wrong. Yeah, which made sense. I mean, something was definitely horribly, horribly wrong, but it definitely made it feel like she was. In another universe, like it's, it seemed like it didn't fit what was going on, like it was just too much. What I too loved, often. what I loved about the bad writing of it was like towards the middle, he's like, "I am keeping you alive because you have a power that, or something that could destroy me, and there's a reason. Like I've chosen you. Like it just didn't happen. Like it wasn't happenstance that the Grimaldi found the orb and gave it to his daughter. It's like no, I, I specifically chose to meet you so I could tell you these stories. You know? Yeah, right. Which and is then, like. Oh and then at the end, when he's when he crushed over and explodes, the the house goes to an actual live live action model explosion shot. Just that was no, perfect. And, and it and, seemed and, like something out of adults. In a like, in a research, like fake. In a research, they like ran out of money, ran out of time, and they decided just to put that in there to cut costs. <laughs> that's so good. I hope that that's true. Yeah. I really hope that that's true. Okay, so then immediately after that, it starts this thing where like you go to the the first story, which is Harry Canyon is this guy's name. And again, like I don't think his full name is ever said in the movie, but the fact that his last name is Canyon. Oh, it's it's definitely said Harry. Harry I'm Harry Canyon. Oh he my even, god, he you're even right. says it. That's right in that little noir narration thing. That he I does think she, the I think the the doll oh even says god. Harry Canyon or something like that. Uh, I of. Most of this movie is garbage, but I genuinely loved the Harry Canyon segment. I did too. I loved it. I did too. It's I oh I, I don't know if I'm gonna spend my you know my I'm bullet. Actually, this is the this is the thing. I really loved it because I low key think that the cinematography in this part was incredible. It was so good. I remember I specifically wrote down like there's moments when he hands a glass of water to her 
and it just like just becomes a glass of water in front of the face and then away. Well, the thing is, is like, like they rotoscoped uh, most of this. So a lot of this was actual actors in like some stupid studio doing this action and then they just m- melded it over. Yeah. So that's why it felt so realistic as far as the animation, you know? Yeah, at times for I sure. thought it. I thought this is the closest it came to Harvey Pekar. Like the guy, Harry Cannon is this not attractive cabbie. Oh my God. Who, and it's futuristic and it's, but it's the futuristic of the 1980s, the early 1980s, where like everything is bleak, there is no hope, there's drug addicts everywhere, yeah. everything's a slum, Jaws the seven. pornos have not been kicked out of Times Square yet, everything is gross, and and he had this like attitude of like he he was a tough New Yorker, nothing faced him, whatever, I'm jaded. Like there, at one moment, the gangsters come to his car and like hand us over, and, like get it out of my face. <laughs> What are you doing? My favorite was, there's a line that he says in the movie that just says, yeah, New York, big deal. (laughs) Which is like, to me, the best line in the whole movie. Yeah, and it's also a film noir style. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the the ladies in this are paper thin, and the voice is very much of that dull, like, how are you going to do me, Harry? I I took took an audio of it. She sounds like this. Harry? Can I sleep with you? Yeah, sure. Isn't that insane? Yes, it is. It's unbelievable. She just gets in the bed like that. Yeah, my favorite part is the fact that she falls asleep immediately. (laughs) She gets into his cab. Also, I love that nobody in in that little story, nobody who gets in the cab survives. Oh, Everybody who gets in the cab to take a ride dies That's, at some point. Yeah, but not immediately, but not eventually. Immediately, but eventually they die. Yeah, both also, the henchman and the gangster eventually both die. Yeah, and also, so there's that moment where, like, the pink, uh, soggy f- meat face guy, <laughs> and he gets in the car and he's like, no, don't even think about it. When he, like, goes to try to, try to like, do disintegration disintegrate him. And it's like, Okay, the why don't, not? The, they don't sit in that spot. Yeah, why are you sitting in that spot? Also, <laughs> you don't have a gun on him. You don't have anything. The other guy at least had a gun who was pointing at his face, and it's still that he still got disintegrated. So I'm like, bro, what? Why aren't you disintegrating this man? Like, there's yeah. no reason for you not to disintegrate this man. I just love the jadedness of like he's got underneath. <laughs> also, underneath, I said disintegrate so many times just now. Underneath either his brake pedal or accelerator is this button that he presses to disintegrate people who are trying to hijack him. Yeah. The first guy is a punk, but like a real punk from like the early <laughs> late seventies or early eighties, yeah, yeah, yeah. early eighties. And then he and he opens up the glove compartment. And there's a series of guns that have been pulled on and him. And a grenade just a grenade. Lazily, <laughs> lazily topples out. So funny. Yeah, I I loved it because it was like it was one of those things where I loved that he had to flip it up with his foot before he could press it down. Because it's like, oh, yeah, you have to have a safety yeah, you mechanism. Just, I you mean, know? you can't just accidentally, you might accidentally disintegrate people. Yeah, just you know? like people who are just regular paying customers. I mean, could you, like, that would be the greatest <laughs> sketch ever if, like, there's just this cabbie who has the dis- this disintegration ray right. in the backseat for anyone who's getting mouthy or anyone who's getting, like, becoming a nuisance. And he can just set off that disintegration ray whenever he wants. I would watch that 100% all the time. Cabbies in a lot of our media are the bad guys. In one of the moments of Sherlock, the cabbie is a bad guy. <laughs> oh, yeah. In The right. Bone Collector, the serial killer is the cabbie, you know? <laughs> and I think 
also in like Son of Sam, he's a cab driver. You've lost me now. You know? I don't know where you are. Come on. You've gone too far. It's that idea of like getting into someone's car and, and then you were yeah. holding to them. Yeah. yeah. If we were to make this, it'd be an Uber driver and <laughs> he would disintegrate people who gave him a, a, a bad That's the review. modern day version. Yeah. yeah. Well, it's also amazing because his car was fucking ridiculous. It was like a double. I'm like, first of all, bro, how did you get this car? Because I know this isn't like a standard, you know, taxi that you're given by the state of New York. It like, like a normal cab nobody, to me. Nobody, 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 nobody's gonna, nobody's gonna believe that. Yeah. Because I mean, he had a gun that came out of his back headlight. Oh, that's right. He I... had like all of these weapons. It was and cool gadget shit. Go go gadget. Yeah, he had cab. a go go gadget cab, man. I'm like, yeah. where is what? How much did this cost? I think. I think it cost millions. That thing had to cost <laughs> millions. How does he afford this? A lot of chrono dollars. Chrono dollars. <laughs> Yo, the chrono dollars was probably my favorite. <laughs> like, how much do you think chrono dollars is worth in regular money? Well, she got paid, what, 30,000 chrono dollars? I think 300,000. 300,000? Yeah. I, st- I think a chrono dollar is $1. <laughs> so it's $300,000. I think it's just the word chrono in front of it. But do you think it's like the world currency at this point? Like, do you think like everybody uses chrono dollars? Yeah. And they only call them chrono dollars because now is the, the time to use these dollars. Exactly, it's you the know? future. It's <laughs> the future. I just love chrono dollars. I think, did Luke Besson steal this cab driver idea as the surly hero in Fifth Element? Yeah. <laughs> it could be. I mean, Bruce Willis is as unattractive as that man <laughs> in this movie. Except at least that guy has hair. Uh, yeah. And Bruce Willis doesn't even have hair. This so, is like, the... F- First sequence that we get full on. Lady takes off her top, oh, yeah, just disrobes like, disrobe like that. Immediately. Huge tits. Yeah. And then they have sex right away. Yeah. Giant pubic area. None of the ladies of who, who get naked are small chested or anything no. like that. They always have huge boobs. Yes. Huge boobs with perfectly shaped areolas. Pretty big. Like, yeah, no. Perfectly shaped is wrong. <laughs> just like big, <laughs> thick, like those uh, little pacifiers. pacifiers. Yeah. So like pacifier size Shaped. nipples. Right. Yeah. That's basically what they were. Like every single woman in this movie. All the it's boobs were gravity defying. They were oh, large, yeah, but yeah, they yeah, were yeah. like, they were firm. Yeah. They were all buoyant. Like clearly they were all I, I don't know how they all I paid got... too much attention. <laughs> we both did. I mean, it's, we're dudes. I mean, but, yeah. but I mean, like, I will say that like, I don't know how every single woman in this movie afforded all of that breast surgery. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Yeah. Because they all had fake breasts. Like, no way am I believing that any one of those breasts are real. In a later segment, when we get to Tarna, I think is the character called, They, I saw some uh, footage that they, they showed of the, the model that she was based off of, of in... She was wearing spandex, and she was modeling like how to put on the, the outfits and stuff like that. But the the model, I was expecting, oh, you know, in art class, she'd be nude so they can figure out how to draw boobs and stuff like that. No, she's spandex up all the way, you know, not at all nude. That shows me there were women on this in pre-production that knew, like, hey, I have enough sense to, like, you know, not be exploited. Right. And there were women that did their voice over talent for this movie. I'm... But, like, I don't think any of that opinion or advice from a women's side of perspective at all got into this got movie. Into this movie. I know. I think, I think you're, no, you're absolutely right. I mean, come on. Heavy metal is such a boys club, though. Like, what are we talking Pat about? Pat Benatar, man. But. Heart. <laughs> Listen, every single woman in this movie. Grace Slick. Yeah, it's, 
I, I really was unbelievably impressed that they didn't have a single Joan woman. Joan Jett. Single woman. Single, Mama Cass. Single woman in this movie <laughs> that wasn't giant chested and full lips. Cher. Cher isn't heavy metal? What are we talking about? <laughs> you're just singing. You're just like naming artists. Well, okay, fine. Beyonce. Yeah, you're right. Why didn't Beyonce have input in this movie? Listen, all I'm saying is I just thought it was impressive that none of the women... Or all of the women looked absolutely identical. It was unbelievable. Yeah, the same I model. I never expected that. Same body type. Yeah, yeah, exactly the same. So here's the thing. So we have this, like, immediate sex scene, which is, like, just this girl just being like, yeah, let's let's have sex for no reason. Like, she's not trying to get anything or anything like that. She's just like, well, it's time to have sex. Well, later on we find that she's trying to play him to get the money. Yeah, right, but, like, I don't think that but, was a part of that. Yeah, she didn't really even need to do that. She'd be like, okay, here's your money. I'll get the money back. And then she didn't necessarily yeah. need Harry Canyon, you know. Yeah. And then it's like, oh, she, she got saved by him. I'll, I'll have sex with him. But then she just leaves. So. It's unbelievable. Yeah, it's like... Oh, oh, okay, right. There's there's one thing I wanted to specifically mention as well, because I thought this was just so glorious. Like, I love that this was kind of like a libertarian society in this this future New York time, because, like, he, like, the the cops, you have to pay. Oh, yeah. To do any work. Right. Like, libertarian. And it was funny because it was like, I guess this is libertarian, and I guess it's okay, but, I mean, obviously, we, like, Harry was pissed. Because he didn't, he wasn't able to get help. No. He just had to do everything himself. But then again, you know, maybe that's what he wanted to do. I don't know. Yeah. So it was, that was amazing. And I loved the line, goddamn illegal aliens. Yeah. And it was and an that action. is my race dart. Okay. I'm going to throw at the wall. Because yeah. that was unbelievable. I was yeah. like, wow, that is not veiled whatsoever. And not he's literally, literally specifically talking about aliens. But it's like, mm, what are we talking about here? I don't think it's real aliens. It was really, really bad. Especially because I feel like a lot of the people that worked on this are like Harvard grad, <laughs> Harvard lampoon type of people. And, and they're into comedy business. And and uh, I don't know. I, it, it just seemed like a, a very bizarre viewpoint. This whole movie to me just felt like fanfic as mm, film. Yeah. You know, and it's like, it's it was perfect. I mean, one, also, guys, there is there is a Jaws reference. It literally just says Jaws 7 on one of the billboards. Yeah. Which is perfect. And the last thing I'm just going to say is, yeah, that Harvey dude, like, he's the most unattractive motherfucker I've ever seen in my life. Like, he's so fucking ugly. Yeah. And I don't see how he's desirable in the slightest. So, with that said, I'm going to say one more thing, which is that this soundtrack for this part of the movie made no sense. Yeah. It was just like, I was like, what are we doing here, you guys? I don't understand. We're not in the field of dreams. I don't know why this is happening. <laughs> so let's move on to the second one. Our second film is called Den, which is the name of one of the characters. It's, Again, it's, it's the nerd character. This is the nerd character. And it's because he was, he was, uh, it was apparently an acronym. It was, it was like derived from Earth Nerd. I don't know if I like this segment because it again, it was like, I, this is where I'm. I'm gonna go off my my tangent because this is the idea that nerds all have to do is be themselves or get in a different body, and then they'll immediately have women have sex all over the time, and that's what they they deserve. And this is how women are supposed to be treated. And I fucking hate it because like I grew up as a nerd in the '80s, and 
I was all about like being the anti jock type of thing and being very kind of like nice to ladies and, and not necessarily uh, mean to them and stuff like that. So when I see fellow nerds on Reddit or other places like that, just fellow being nerds. so disrespectful or dismissive of women yeah. having their own seat at the table as far as nerd culture, it just drives me insane as far as how entitled they, they are to feel like I'm nice. Why aren't I getting the girlfriends and stuff right. like that? And I felt that was very much embodied in I, – I had like that those associations with, with this character. Yeah, absolutely. I mean it's, it's so funny because at the end of this little segment, he actually physically says he's like – she's like, oh – but you won't be able to go back if you don't grab that scepter. You can't go back to your own planet, and which is both of their planets. Um, yeah, which is stupid. Why does she's she? From, why does she, why does she also from Earth? She's from she's from, from British Columbia, Gibraltar. Which, she's from Canada. No, no, she was from the British. Wait, she said uh, British Columbia. Right? No, no, she's the British Protectorate of Gibraltar, which is it's it's on in Morocco. It's across the way from Spain. And for whatever reason, what Britain owns that part. It's it's a, yeah, it's Britain controlled Gibraltar. Oh my god! Because I was wondering, I was like, why does she have an English accent? Yeah, if she's from Canada. No, she's from Gibraltar. That is so weird. I'm very impressed that you know that, right? No, now. just because I was like, one, I'm a geography nerd, and one, I was like, that was so specific. She could have <laughs> been from anywhere. Yeah, right. Like, no, no, no. She's not. She's not going to be from like from London. She's not going to be from Liverpool. No. We're gonna make her very specifically from Gibraltar. I think I think there's clearly some very interesting. Um, there's there's some very specific fetishes going on in the in the in the writing room. I'm from movie. Earth. Oh yeah, I'm from Canada. I'm from Prince Edward's Island. <laughs> wow. wow. Yeah. So um, what my favorite part of that was like, so he's he like says, oh, I don't want to go back to my world. I'm pretty great where I am now. <laughs> and it's like he's riding off into the fucking sunset, riding on the back of a dragonfly with a giant chested woman behind him. And it's just like, yep, this is what'll happen, nerds. Just sit in your basements and play your video games and play D&D, and a woman will come and magically scoop you off your feet on a giant dragonfly. Yeah. There were so many D&D He-Man references. Oh, like, yeah. he looks so much like He-Man... The, there, he comes to this cult in front of like this big pool where I guess there's a monster underneath it or something like that. They want to yeah. sacrifice her, uh, like a lady to. Yeah, that would make no and sense. And then the priestess is also huge boobs, boobs out there holding right. a robe. Perfect. It, it was crazy. And then later on, like, they're stumbling through the dark and like he accidentally grabs her boobs and they're about to kill him. Such and a stupid piece of humor. About to kill him. And then she goes, I have something better in mind. Come with me. She's not again. This always happens. Look, she's the queen. She can do whatever she wants. Yeah, sure. Sure. I love the henchman of, like, this happens all the time. We, we grab a guy, and then she wants to have sex with him. You must fulfill my desires, my needs. Like, it's, she keeps saying that. It's like, okay, that's, all right, that's something, I guess. But, I mean, my, my okay, so, also, She reminded me of the Big Lebowski uh, character that, what's her face, it does. Julianne Moore. The Julianne oh, Moore character okay. was, like... I'm very British, and um, I'm going just gonna have sex with you, you know, for yeah. whatever reason. And the the, the haircut was very similar. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, it was amazing. There was also this great line that's probably my favorite line in the whole movie. Besides, you know, it's New York. Who cares? Or whatever. <laughs> yeah, what, but, no, no. but the line is that you're talking about is. There was no way I was gonna walk around this place with my dork hanging out. With my dork hanging out. Is what I, I just love that so much because it's like 
All right, I guess um, you think of your penis as a nerd too, man. That's cool. Like and that's John Candy's voice too. Yeah, unbelievable. I loved the Ard, the the really gay guy who just can't get shot and heals immediately. <laughs> like, oh my god, give me the give me the what was the car? The Larnar. Larnar. The Larnar. Larknar. 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 Give me the Larknar. No, it's my. It's my. Oh my god, that fight scene at the end between them where they just like sound like they're fighting po- politely over a sandwich yeah. is unbelievable. Uh it's so. I good. also love the henchman that that he was storming the the place into that, that voice was so awesome it was listen the voice over talent in this movie was kind of in, low key incredible oh yeah. yeah it's definitely the best part of the entire movie yeah. with exception to some of the cinematography sequences mm-hmm. like the entire like just the the, the desert like plant the, the the location and and the the grandness and then also the amount of time that was spent in for a lot of the orchestration of like the music that was going on i was like there was a part of the movie where i was like oh these poor these poor celloists yeah i know they're having to learn this 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 song and they're playing it beautifully and they're making it it's a really great piece of music yeah but it's for this movie i'm gonna play (laughs) underneath us while we talk about it because it is it is epic yeah it's pretty amazing it's pretty amazing. Like, right yeah. now, we're talking about nothing, and it just sounds like what we're talking about is pretty amazing. Yeah, it's pretty great. Yeah, so, so I mean, that's that's that part, which is something. And, uh, yeah, so he just rides off into the sunset with, uh, with a giant-titted lady on his back, yeah. which is great. So we're going to move on to the next one, which is called, uh, again, is just the name of a character called Captain Stern. Oh, my God. So this one. Is this where oh, gonna tr- boy. Is this where we're going to fire the... The sexism. Oh yeah, I think, I think we have to fire it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm definitely firing. This, mine. this bit is really short. Basically, a character who is unredeemable is on trial for a crazy amount of crimes. Here are the crimes. Lincoln Stern, you stand here accused of twelve counts of murder in the first degree, fourteen counts of armed theft of Federation property, twenty-two counts of piracy in high space. 18 counts of fraud, 37 counts of rape, and one moving violation. What the fuck? Yeah. Get bent, writers. I hate you. Get that, bent. That was horrible. Oh, you're perfect. You belong in this movie, John. <laughs> Thanks. Get bent. Um, and, uh, and then the guy that he's paying to get him off turns into a He-Man. They chase him. He gets him off. He he backsta- he backstabs him. That's yeah, it. He gets him That's off. the entire he, he, thing. It's he just, gets him off. He, there's he, like, no purpose. Him. Yeah, yeah. Why did why, how did the the producers think? No, this story we Must need. Be the, in here. Like I, it blows my mind that they thought that that this could not fall onto the editor's floor. He says thirty-seven but, counts of rape, and it's like. Wow. Yeah. Holy but then shit. they show the react. They go back to Captain Stern, who looks like Gaston. Yeah. And then he, he kind of he does a little like eyebrow raise. Like, isn't that an impressive? Thirty-seven guys. Yeah. And it was like, oh, oh, fuck you. <laughs> it was bullshit. And it's kind of like they try to make him redeemable, like sort of like he's like you're following him. He's like the kind of hero of this story. Well, because like he's being story. chased by a, a demon <clears throat> witness. You know, it's like, oh, I hope that Captain Stern gets away from this monster guy. Yeah. I also love the moment where 
So, also the witness has the greatest name ever, Hanover Fist. Hanover Fist. Who looks like Craig T. Nelson and has the funniest <laughs> voice ever. And he goes back and forth because he, he, fi- he finds the orb in a marble size and it makes him evil. Yeah, I and guess. I guess. I think that... I, I don't understand what makes him huge and what doesn't. Like, I don't know if the orb made him huge. I think his rage made him huge. Yeah, but then at the end, know. at the end, when he, like, gets paid and he comes back to a form, like, oh, I guess that's his power. He's able to, like, just get bigger or something. Yeah. And I don't know. So he's rampaging, and everybody's running for their lives, and the guards are, like, in these, like, awesome red suits, you know, around a corner, ready to, like, shoot the beast. And Gaston, the captain's turn, runs past them, and they're like, oh... Yeah, the guy that's on on you know a tri- trial for murder and rape and all this other stuff, we're just gonna let him go pa- by us, yeah. and we're gonna shoot this other guy. Yeah, it's unbelievable. And yeah, I, it was it was pretty it was pretty. Uh, yeah, that 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 honestly, that whole sequence, I was just like, yeah, okay, here we go. I don't think anybody needs to watch this sequence. I think, especially. Because they're on YouTube, you can find individual sequences oh, you just can find by them themselves. So I definitely watch Harry Canyon, probably watch Den. S- definitely skipped uh, Captain Stern because yeah. it's stupid. Yeah, fuck Captain Stern. All right, let's move on. So the next one is just called B sixteen. No, um, B seventeen. B seventeen. That's a type of bomber. Oh, that's right. B seventeen. Yeah, yeah. Just like NC seventeen. Like you shouldn't watch this movie unless you are seventeen. Yeah. What? 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 Okay, that was terrible. So, but anyway, this was probably for me like the worst section because I was just you th- like, "Wait, you thought this was worse than okay. Captain Stern?" All right, all right, all right. Yeah, you're right. Captain Stern is definitely worse. But <laughs> this part was so stupid because it was like, "Oh, okay." But I did get it because it was like, "Ah, right. We are again in fantasy role play land." So this is the obligatory zombie sequence of the film. Like it has to have. I, I knew it had to have a zombie sequence. It was required. So they just went ahead and got it out of the way in this ridiculous little sequence where a guy is flying a bomber. He crashes the bomber. I'm actually going to say verbatim what happens in this in this this little <laughs> segment because it's so dumb and short. It basically is that the orb crashes into the plane. It infects all of the dudes on the plane except for one, making two. them all zombies. No, one. I'll, no, two. The, the co-pilot and the pilot don't get affected. All the people that are already dead, the crew that and the bomber that are already been oh, shot and killed, got it. they get reanimated into zombies. Yeah, and then and the, the co pilot dies. It dies in the little little section under the belly, the it's turret gun, gunner, gunner, gunner on, yeah, on the yeah. on the belly. He gets killed there, and then they attack the pilot. He parachutes out, and then gets onto an island that's just full of other zombies, skeleton planes, and skeleton zombies. And that's it. That's it. That's literally it, you guys. Like, there's yeah. no other story that's involved. Like, there's no other meaning. There's no other anything. I it's think, literally though, just it. that this story, I can see that this is a direct, like, comic book from the from the magazine because at that time, World War II was still in our consciousness, you know, and and it was only been 35 years since the end of it, and we don't want to we don't want to focus on Vietnam because we lost Vietnam. We want to focus on a war that was like had merit and, and cool stuff. Because I remember growing up in the 80s, that it was like the, the amount of World War II and Holocaust type of uh, fiction that was on our television screens and our theaters is, was quite big, you know? So, right. like, people were still obsessed with that. I mean, like, right around this time, they, they made uh, 1941, which was that kind of, like, campy comedy 
about a bunch of uh, gunners in a plane of some stuff, stuff like that, you know? Yeah. And so I feel like everybody, any sort of comedy person at the time, was really into kind of like World War II trivia. And they just want, and they just wanted to show off and, and do a part about that. Man, fuck those guys. <laughs> fuck those guys so hard. That was so stupid. I hated it. I hate everything that you guys just did. So I hate you all, as I guess what I'm saying. Also, it's funny because like, so I feel like every single one of these stories has Got like worse. Totally. <laughs> but I do think that they also like had a very specific type of role playing game attached to them. Like each one could have been a different role playing game. Yeah. Like I think Al- that Axis and Allies. Oh my god, that's great. Yeah. I thought I thought that it could have been uh, the first one, I think Harry's is Shadowrun, which is like that the futuristic board game about like it's just like yeah, it's like takes place in New York, I guess. Uh-huh. And it has a bunch of different races and stuff. It's basically Dungeons and Dragons in the future of New York. And then the next and the next one would be which is Den. Wait, right? Yeah, D&D. Yeah, totally D&D, obviously. Yeah. I mean, what else would it be? And then, and then uh, Captain uh, Stern. Captain Stern would be, I guess, like a Star Trek role-playing game, but really bad Star Trek. Like, so bad Star Trek. Oh, yeah. Like, like no, the Federation. Even they said that it was like it was on Crimes for the Federation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah that's true. Yeah. yeah. I think that it would be like a super knockoff version of Star Trek. You know, like Horrible. Space Trek or something like that. Like, that would be the name of this RPG is Space Trek. Yeah. So, and then... The next one, Neverwhere, I mean, uh, B-16, B-17, fuck it, whatever. Or Neverwhere, Neverwhere Land? No, Neverwhere Land is the one they excised. Oh, they cut. Yeah, yeah, that's dumb. B-17 would just be the zombie role-playing game, obviously. Okay. And then, so beautiful and so dangerous. Which one was this one? <sighs> that's the one about the, the the robot that has sex with the Oh, lady. my God. This... That, that one is just, like, sex, oh, the RPG, I guess. This, like, I don't know. This was so juvenile. It was... It was it was, it was perfect. Oh. So also it was great. So all right, let's get into it. So this guy walks in. He's Dr. Agent Smith, basically. Like It's just like Agent Smith from The Matrix, but he's a doctor. He goes into a war room, has yeah. this meeting. And literally just attacks sees a woman. a woman. Sees the woman wearing this orb, attacks her, is physically assaulting her, about to rape her. Yeah, basically. Then a, a dead... Of course her boobs are gigantic. Right? Yeah. A huge spaceship floats above the Pentagon and then inserts this tube that goes right down into the the building and sucks Sexual. up sucks sucks up the uh, oh, the, yeah. the the guy up. and the woman mm. and shut up yeah I love the ship the ship is the best part the of the ship, segment the ship is it looked great. it was beautiful it yeah. looked like dead mouse without the ears yeah, you yeah, know yeah, yeah. it was just basically a big smile on it and it was piloted by a robot and two aliens yeah. two stoner <laughs> aliens. And, uh, Honestly, I don't want to spend that much time on this because the yeah. fact is, like, this was the dumbest segment. Like, I, I, I honest, I, you know, it's funny. Like, I keep saying it's, it just gets worse because you're right. It, it, it gets, just worse. gets worse. Like, this is this is this perfect preteen stuff. It can't segment. get worse. No, it can it get can worse. It can get worse. Yeah. So, like, I mean, this is the perfect preteen segment. Like, oh. it's the the, the 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 alien snorting coke was so stupid, and like this the the corny hacky jokes that were made about like. The Jewish oh my wedding. God. Are you circumcised? Very circumcised. Fucking, fucking robot. robot. Like, it was just stupid. I I, I can't. I, I honestly, that's all I have to say. I'm done. I'm done talking about this. You can keep going, but I'm done. Yeah, it was the such hack comedy, hack stories. Oh, I hated it. Yeah, it was it was terrible. Don't watch it. Don't watch it. It was really funny because uh, it was dumb, and I don't know. Yeah. Anyway, so the next one is called. 
Tarna, which is the, the name, the last one, obviously, and it's also the name of the girl. Yeah, they all they name all of them after the main characters, I guess. Right. And the only reason I guess they didn't name the last one and the one before that after them is because there isn't any names <laughs> uh, in either one of the stories. Right. Except for I guess Gloria, which is the name of the sex machine woman. Yeah, the um, stenographer. Yeah, which is. But I don't even know if they even say her name. They do her name. I don't. I think they call maybe not. I don't know. I don't know if they call her Gloria or not. That's a good question. I, I listen, John. It sucked. That's the thing is like besides Tarna, they just didn't bother or Catherine and Den. They didn't really bother to give these women names no. or any sort of characterization or depth or. Ugh, it was horrible. It was bad. So uh, this last one. I kind of think that you should watch this last one because it's it's, it's the artistry sexist. was at least sexist the. the um, it has a female protagonist who was pretty badass. Yeah. But the fight sequence, choreo- fight choreography is the slowest fight choreography I've oh ever God. seen. Yeah. It's I mean, so it's just, bad. It's just as bad as the one in Den. Like, I mean, it, it's it's terrible throughout. But I will say that this is like this, and of course it is. But the sequence where she's totally naked, putting on all of that S and M like armor. Yeah. Is so the best animated section of the entire film. Like. The way that she flips her hair, everything looks so natural. Because it's rotoscope. Like, I know, I know, but I'm just saying it looks great, okay? All I'm saying is it looks great, John. But at the same, like, ta- the same time, I've seen people or ladies wear that at, like, Comic-Con. No, so, totally. like, people... It's a real thing. Yeah, they, lo- they love thing. it. Yeah. It's empowering. Yeah, I, I, yeah, true. Fair enough. And, and, well, and is- it's, it's wrong for me as a guy to judge what a woman decides to wear at Comic-Con. Fair enough. That's and true. I love it, but it's because, like... The the green orb goes into a volcano and then green lava comes on like these like it looked like Comic Con characters who have been like oh, yeah. in the future just been like roaming around like oh there's, is there a Comic Con by this vo- volcano they get hit by the volcano they turn into like basically green monster versions of themselves oh my god wearing the same outfits that, that, the, the lead guy literally looks like Sylvester Stallone got put into a thriller video <laughs> and then he got turned into a zombie yeah. that's what it looked like they it attack. Was unbelievable. A scholar, just a, a town that's like, we're just scholars. And <laughs> just killing these fuckers brutally. Uh, like, what I, I love. Brutally killing them. Really violent. Honestly, the guy, the, the bald guy. The bald like, guy, w- outfit, he had like a diaper, <laughs> just no diaper pants, on. and a jacket. And he had a bald head. He looked like a baby. But like they are, are fucked we, him up. They like ten thousand spears went into him. And he like you, he that's the most graphic one because like you watch him die. Yeah, he didn't you die right away. He ground. was like, oh, maybe I might live. Nope, nope, he's gone. And then oh. Tarna takes forever to get ready because they they send out and they send out <laughs> in the, into the uh, the sphere of like if we all think at the same time about Tarna, she'll come. Oh, oh my favorite my favorite thing too is like that head priest. Did you notice that like. When his hair is parted, down the center of his hair, he literally has just, it looks like it's just cut. He cut out a section just in the center <laughs> of his head so that the part would be perfect. Right. Across, it was the funniest thing I've ever seen in my life. I saw it and I was like, that is unbelievable. They literally created yeah. a buzzed part yeah. for the center of this old man's head. And then they get butchered. But and and then when when Tarna comes back to the, to the scholar town to see the the aftermath, like the the amount of violence that those people went through is just insane. Mm-hmm. And then she goes to a town, beats up three thugs in the slowest fight ever. Oh yeah, the Mellow Mushroom them. Town. Yeah. yeah. And the thing is, like, this apparently is based on four stories that are wordless. So, but this is the time when I'm like, why isn't she speaking? She's not speaking at all. 
She's the strong, silent type, John. She did this pantomime to the uh, to the bartender that was like <laughs> to avoid speaking. Yeah, yeah, yeah to yeah. avoid speaking. And then she gets captured, whipped naked, and then they don't kill her. They throw her a pit, and she's got obvious scratches. And then they are about to kill the bird. Okay, wait, wait. I, we have to talk. Oh. Honestly, I, I want to focus the rest of our conversation on this the bird. The bad guys were, were flying, were, were riding big bats, and she was flying this big bird. She was riding a giant pterodactyl bird that sounded like an old woman yelling. Like, and it sounded, seriously, it was just like, Ah! No! Don't do... Don't touch my fine china! Ah! Like, that's what it sounded like. Yeah. And it did it all the time. There's that sequence where she's flying through the desert to get to her fucking armor and her sword yeah. that takes Forever. so long. It takes three minutes. With, I was like, all right, cool, we're done. Like, there's, no, a, se- is, there's a second. There's like, uh, it like does it for a sequence, and then it like goes to black, and I'm like, okay, cool, now we're moving on to another section of this film. Nope. No. It continues for another two minutes. Yeah. And it was two minutes longer than it needed to be. That's when I noticed the music. I'm like, this is grand music. This mm-hmm. is grand they artistry. Really were, you know that they were literally just like, oh, okay, this is definitely a section where we can just like milk the landscape. Right. Like, this is pretty good. Let's just milk it. Yeah. The landscape was orange. It had a bunch of pipes going all over the place that were green. The clouds were Oil blue. Fields. Yeah. I love the, just the the the, the the it was like Spaceman Spiff for Kellen Hobbs, but for like the the landscape. I loved it. Although when she went nice to the, reference when she went to the uh, to the the bad guys, they were in a Greenland, so the, the 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 I guess the water got to that that area. Yeah, and then there was a useless battle at the end, and then she is after like just brutally hurt with a guy with like a spinning blade. Who puts the blade into his like throat to make him die? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And there's like I was serious like how is this bird not already dead? Oh, it was it had gotten fucked up so many. It also sounded like because you didn't see it, but it sounded like it was getting chopped by the his blade. head. Yeah, but it did not no, happen. No, I guess. it was fine. And it was also like, yo, dog, you fucked up real hard. Like old thriller dude, old yeah. thriller Sylvester. He fucked up so hard, like, he didn't even see that the pterodactyl was coming up behind him to grab his leg and yeah. eat it. Like, bro, you deserve to die. You dumb as hell. That was, that was like, my, that was my ultimate takeaway from that, uh, from that section. My favorite thing is, too, like, she really was, like, the strong silent type, and it was taken to a far extreme. Like, her yeah. face never changed. Not at all. She got captured. All this shit happens to her, and her face stayed stone. It like, was, she was the baddest of yeah. bitches. She had, like, very 80s gem in the hologram. Oh, eye makeup, yeah. you know. Yeah, makeup. And she flies over the 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 thing. There's a lot of lightning, and then we cut to back to the frame, and then the orb is got like it's being crushed over and explodes. <laughs> the orb explodes, and it's like it's like one of those things where like he did this whole thing so that he could stop her from killing him. Yeah, and then he dies anyway, right? Because future her killed it anyway. I guess don't I sacrifice don't yourself. That's not gonna work. Oh, it worked. Boom. Boom. And then yeah, the the explosion was definitely just like yeah a real life explosion and not a drawn explosion. It was amazing, and it was like yeah, it was great too because I loved that like almost every character in the film, like anyone that had like a, a longer story, had like an inner monologue. None of that for her. She ain't got shit. She's got no talkies. Yeah. She has no wordsies to be saysies. She because she doesn't need to. But that's because she's a badass. But she don't need no words. You know uh, what I mean. Everybody that worked in this movie has got huge women problems. Oh yeah, absolutely. Also, one last thing I want to say. 
every time someone's head got chopped off, it sounded like farts, <laughs> <laughs> which was the best. And yeah, it was like the the ending where she you find out that she is a a tark tark Tarakian. Tarakian was so fucking far. It was such a stretch. Forced. It was so forced. It was like okay, so are you? But it was also confusing because you were like, it's the next generation of Tarakian. Yeah, but then she was transformed like, she into was a different yeah. like. It was, made no sense. <laughs> it was perfect. All right, so really quickly, John, I want to ask you this question. It's uh, basically just, if you could arrange these stories again, how would you arrange them? Because I feel like there's a better order of operations than they do that. Yeah, I would say, because I'd probably put the opening as the one that was cut, the Neverland one, which mm, was kind of like the, the ball falling into the earth and creating... Oh, uh, yeah, that's good. Stuff like that. And then I think I would make it like... Turn go right into New York is in the, in the future. Everything is desolate. And then from there, I would have it go to. I still want the ship from the that horrible section. From oh like yeah, the, from the like the Pentagon section. I forget what it's called. Yeah, yeah. And because there was this, again, there was an, a moment where like we're just outside this big spaceship, and there's this grand like heavy metal music going on. And just the, the artistry as far as, like, let's put all these really cool things together as far as, like, there's an Arby's here or McDonald's over here or something like that. Yeah. Uh, before we had that lame joke of them, the, the stoner guys crash landing into the pod, you know. But I, I would use that into that. And then from there, maybe have a much better, much less sexist trial for the guy. He dies. And then we have a kid that's, like, transported to prehistoric times maybe and then we go to a den or something like that. Because those are the ones I really cared about. Yeah. And then maybe maybe Den meets Tarna, or Tar- you know. Oh, that's good. And they fight together or something like that. Or, or, they, have they, have or they have sex. Or they have sex or something like that. Which would probably be what happens. That's probably what I would do. Huh. And then. Not bad. I completely cut out the, the farmhouse stuff. But again, that yeah, that, that, stuff that, so that bit of like the wipers and was stuff. Was so great. It's so fun. Yeah, you're right. I think maybe it should just be like. The, the section should just end when he gets melted because that makes as much sense as anything else in this movie. I totally forgot about the moment of like the, the that the professor, the, the 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 girl's father who gets shot by the gangsters. Oh, yeah. He looks like a leprechaun, but an adult because you got you know an adult leprechaun. And then the guys that are mining the things on this moon look like big hamsters or <laughs> I don't know, man. Wearing like these egg spaceship yeah. things oh it was a lot it was a lot yeah it was it was one of those things where we i i, I honestly i i i would probably i would probably do a very similar thing i would take out a lot of the same shit i think that if we're doing if we're doing a board game for all of the oh the, the bits that's a pretty good idea i think that the the one about the robots and the one like the aliens the courts the coke snoke Wow. Coke snorting aliens. Right. Like that section is just the board game. Sorry. Um, um, I think, (laughs) I think that, uh, (laughs) I think that the Tarna section is obviously going back to Dungeons and Dragons, but this one is more like Pathfinder Dungeons and Dragons. Yeah. Like more makes a little more sense. Link. A little less sexist, a little more streamlined. Yeah. And then if we had to do one for the house, I'd say the house is probably like like the, the one in the field and where his astronaut blows up. I feel like that one's just like, I don't know, Monopoly? 
Maybe not as good. That one's not as good. Maybe it's just the maybe it's just the card game skip vote. You know, like yeah. it's just it's just a game that takes way too long to play, and it's just like a lot of numbers, and it's not really. They're just trying to make it all work and make it all make sense, and it's just like, eh, I don't yeah. need it. What voice would you want to do in this, oh, in this garbage movie? movie? Den. Oof. One hundred percent. Damn, I took it. Uh, Den is one hundred percent the voice I'd be. Let me try to think of one I would want to do. I don't know, cause like I would, I would probably want to do the guy that was on that was the witness, but that segment was so bad that I I, I want to cut the, that whole thing out of the movie, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But if it's a rewritten version of what we just said, where it's 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 good, I'd probably would want to be that that witness, cause it was a fun voice to do, you know? Like, yeah, it was, and also that's just a great name, hand over fist. Yeah, like let's do this. What's where does this movie rank? Good question. We've got Unico, we've got Fantastic Planet. Don Hertzfeld, Triple Sabelleville, Nausicaa, and then this one. Mm-hmm. I think mm. this might be last. Yeah. I'm going to put this last as well. Yeah. It's garbage. It is it is hot garbage, dude. It's hot garbage. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, don't get me wrong. Like, I'm kind of glad I watched it <laughs> because, like, pretty fun to watch that much idiocy happen on screen at one time. And it kind of like you have to, you're kind of forced to just like suspend your own reality yeah. to be like, all right, I guess this is what we're doing right now. I'm which also is hilarious. I'm also glad that we watched this separately because if we had watched oh this my, together, that been very uncomfortable. Very uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. Like too many during, during the boobs, I would be like try to like look over at you and like oh, yeah. make you really really uncomfortable. Like, hey, does this turn you on? <laughs> that would have been really hard for me to deal with. Yeah, I'm I'm really glad that that didn't happen. I'm glad we didn't watch this together. Oh God. All right. Well. And with that... We have an uh, in-betweener? Oh, yeah. Oh, shit. Do we have an in-betweener? Do we, um, do we want to even give an in-betweener? I don't know. I mean, do we want to do we want to do that to somebody? <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Should we, should we even do that to some? I think, I think we'll maybe put it in the show notes. Just, like, yeah. if you want to know. But, like, we're not going to call you out. Okay, can you... All right, that's a surely great, great voice. But can you, can you, be, can you be more of a dumb girl? Be, please be more dumb. Yeah, 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 yeah. Just dumber. Can we just do a little bit? Can we get a little dumber? So you're a good actress. You're awesome. You're, you're really on Broadway. Great. You're so mm-hmm. cool. You've got really great ideas. Mm-hmm. But in this movie, we don't want any of that. No, no, no. We don't want ideas. We want you to be as dumb as possible. Mm-hmm. Can, can because you, you have to remember, in, we're making this for really young, stupid boys. They need a stupid voice. They don't need any a, a woman who actually has views mm-hmm. or opinions of their own. Oh, no, 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 no. She's just an that's object to have sex. Yeah, yeah because that's just going to complicate things. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know... That's not how relationships work. No. They're not about feelings. They're not about thoughts. They're not about ideas. No, mm-hmm. no, no. It's just about the physical connection that you will never be able to have because your dicks are too small. You know? Like that kind of thing. So anyway, with that, thanks so much for listening, you guys. Thank you. Woo! What the fuck?